Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name's Chris Scott. My name's Atish, and in this week's episode, Chris and I break down some of our recent issues with communication and try and strategize how we're going to be better at it in the future. Do you bring my tequila? No, because by the time that we figured out... Yeah, by the time you responded, we were already in the car and moving, so <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh. Plus, like, everything I have to do now is, like, catered around this little puppy. Right. Yeah. Oh, you have to get back to the puppy? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, he's really responsive. He's really smart. He knows sit. He knows, you know, whatever. Like, we, but he's having a little issue right now with biting. Uh, and that's really hard to train out of him because it's like we are playing with him and like with chew toys and all that kind of stuff. But then like he also just starts biting your hand. And then when we're telling him no, he gets like even more frustrated. So he starts bite, biting your leg. And so I'm trying to navigate that and work that out. But it's also like I guess puppies, you know, love to chew and bite on stuff. I mean, that's. Yeah, it's like toddlers. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Have you heard of that band Yo Gabba Gabba? Wasn't that a TV show? Yeah. Like a bunch of group, uh, it was a group of singing guys. Yeah, like uh, like the the wig- Wiggles, kind of like the Wiggles. But I was, I was they're going to say the Wiggles or the Wobbles. I forget which were. Uh, but or, they had a song called uh, "Don't Bite Your Friends." Don't bite your friends. <laughs> Don't bite your friends. Yeah, because kids have a biting thing too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I think this has taught me that I might be I might be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like like I love this puppy. It's great. You know, and he's he's really kind and very smart and, you know, whatever. But um, it's also just a puppy. Yeah, that. And also it's, it's just something that constantly needs my attention. Right. That's like a 10-year commitment. Yeah. Well, 12-year commitment, 14-year commitment. But at some point we're assuming that he won't like constantly, like if we're not constantly looking at him, that he won't, you know. Not according to those dogs I was house-sitting. Really? This last month. Really? Rocky still like Constant, needs your attack constantly. Really? Yeah. Like Damn. like he would crawl on the couch just so I would pet him. Yeah. And follows you everywhere you go. Yeah. If you move to the kitchen, he's in the kitchen with you. If you move to the bedroom, he follows you to the bedroom. Well, that part is fine. It's just like if I'm not paying attention to this puppy, he starts gnawing on everyone's shit. Yeah. Like it didn't look like Rocky was doing that. No, he's he's beyond that. Probably because he doesn't have any teeth anymore. He does. But he, you have to pet his stomach, but it's covered in tumors. Jesus. You have to... Yeah. I'm so glad to not be house-sitting for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. That that sounds like a struggle. It was a nice place to podcast, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that closet is still pretty pretty darn good for yeah. the podcasting. In terms of in terms of the audio, um, I definitely thought that was a good place to be podcasting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so the event went well, uh, with the exception that I wanted to tell haters to get the fuck out. All right. Haters going to hate. Yeah. Haters going to hate. Alligators going to alligate. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm con- I haven't looked at any of the footage or pictures I've taken yet. Oh, no. So I'm concerned about it. Why are you concerned about it? Because I don't know how they're going to look. Dude, you're doing like a Schrodinger's cat thing. Unless you open up the box, you're never going to know. A Schroeder cat? Oh, my God. Okay. I, I'm going to fuck this up because, like, I don't... Okay. The Schrodinger's cat was a... It's, like, a philosophical sort of question, but also, like, a scientific... Basically, I think the principle is you put this cat in this super, like, irradiated box or something like that, right? And then you leave it for some time. Or I'm, I'm butchering this, but basically, there's no smell. There's no, there's no way you can tell. Once the, once the cat is in the box, 
unless you open the box, the cat is simultaneously alive and dead. Right? Because it could be one or the other. Okay. It's at an equal state where it could be alive or dead. If you don't open the box. If you don't open the box. So that's what you're doing right now because you're like, oh, I don't know. The pictures are probably terrible, but I don't know. Maybe they are. I'm just avoiding it. It's like, well, you got to open up the box. Yeah. I, I just need, I'm so behind on my edits because every time I thought I was going to sit down and edit while I was house sitting. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I woke up in the middle of deep REM every day. Ah, so you're you kind know, of dragging. It's just like, mm-hmm. and then I never got out of it. And then I would go to bed early, but I would still wake up in a weird, I would never, I never felt rested. Can I tell you my newest thing? Oh my goodness. Is it meditation? No. Although it should be. I've, I've read that like, like it's something ridiculous, like 80% of really successful, like the ultra successful CEOs and stuff all do some form of meditation. So uh-huh. that's probably like something I should start doing. No, my newest thing comes straight out of uh, Aubrey Marcus's book, Own the Day available now um i wake up in the morning and then i immediately go and drink a tall glass about 12 ounces of cold water uh sea salt and lemon juice charles does that does he really yeah i bet he and i are reading the same book probably it was good to see charles the other day by the way oh yeah he came in with his girlfriend yeah that's cool that's cool um, we should, next time I'm down, let's organize a, a trip to the shelter, a meetup. Yeah. I'm all right. All right. I'm down for that. So we can discuss big ideas. Anyways. So I drank a tall glass of water, uh, sea salt and lemon juice because I guess your body at rest gets very dehydrated. So none of like your organs aren't going to function as well. Your endocrine system, your hormones, like all that kind of stuff isn't going to function as well as, so it's very critical that you rehydrate next. I go and I uh, take a shower. So for the first, you know, I take a normal shower at first where like hot water and then I crank it all the way down to cold water. And then I do 30 of these like Wim Hof style breathing things where I take a deep inhale through the nose though. It's hard to inhale. And then naturally let it just fall out of your chest Uh because it creates a vacuum. Don't do all 30, like please. Yeah, no, no, no. But the point is, is you kind of get this like lightheaded thing in your extremities because you, you have this natural ability to want to gasp when the when the cold water is hitting you. Okay. So after I do those two things, and then there's like other stuff you should be doing, like getting sunlight and all that kind of stuff, but I live in Phoenix, so I'm never really worried about getting enough Yeah, and you're probably getting to the point where you're not going to be able to take a cold shower. Yeah, because it's going to be... I mean, we haven't got there yet, but shit, it's getting hot. Like um, just yesterday, it already broke... Uh, 100s. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's no joke. So, point is, if you're feeling sluggish, those are some tips for you. Yeah, I tried. I don't know. I should have done something, but I thought I'll just go back to bed, and I I can't. Once I'm up, I'm up. Yeah, I have a hard time with that too. And I'm not a I'm not a napper. I can't nap. Really? I can't nap. I can, but I feel like shit afterwards. No, yeah. For me, if if I'm going through something like this. My body will tell me one day, you're not sleeping well. So this is the day you're going to sleep. Yeah. So I'll go to bed. I'll wake up, have breakfast, go back to bed, mm-hmm. wake up for dinner, and then go back to bed. Yeah. And then the next day I feel good. Yeah. Because I slept for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? You just need, you just need like. I just need a day to hit me. You need a day to hit you or get like a six pack 
set three of the beers aside, take three of the beers, eat some pizza, eat some, drink three of the beers. That always puts me out. Oh, I am a, if I have one beer, I fall asleep. If I have two beers, I'm up for the night. Oh yeah. It's, it's like a threshold thing. Yeah. Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens with me as soon as I introduce hard liquor into the mix. Then it's like, my body's like, oh, okay. I get it. We're I know partying. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do one beer, I fall asleep. Okay. So yeah. if I usually, if I go out, I have to have at least two beers. Just have a warm Guinness. Or I'm just sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So what else is happening at work this week? Okay. Um, well, so that's that kind of brings me to, you know, what I wanted to talk about on the podcast this week. Uh, and, you know, if uh, people have any tips, tricks, what have you on... Um, you know how to deal with this. I, I I think they should definitely send them my way. I've I've always touted my uh, interpersonal communication as pretty, you know, excellent. Uh-huh. But in that, I know how to take an idea, break it down concisely, and then communicate it. It may not always seem that way on the podcast because I'm like rattling on about something for forever. But I mean, in like a pressured kind of zone, I know how to like or distill key ideas from something or, you know, things like that. Right. Uh-huh. So, but recently I've been having this issue where it's kind of like a difference in I, culture, I guess, or something like that. So let me walk you through how I'll send an email. Okay. Right? So, okay. Okay. So today we're going to talk about communication. Yes. All right. Yeah. We're talking about communication and specifically like, let's, let's clearly define that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get ahead of this one. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of just about how I how I end up I I guess what I'm putting out there and what I expect from other people and kind of the disparity between that and other people I'm working with. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to understand you know how to do this better, I guess you could say. So the way I look at like composing an email is and I I I I guess I'll start with where this complaint kind of came in. Um, one of my coworkers, who's a, who's a nice guy, he's like, um, he's kind of in a management role over me, but kind of not, it's sort of hard to explain. Um, he's given me the nickname Senior Bougie. Senior Bougie. Senior Bougie. Because I, I use all these kind of like SAT words. You know what I mean? Right. You use a lot of big words. Yeah. But but for me, it's because those words capture the ideas that I'm trying to put out there more perfectly than saying a lot of words. Because like, for instance, I was writing up like a little contract thing, right? Okay. Instead of cancels and replaces or terminates and replaces this contract with this one, I said this sub... Like, Q dash one three four blah 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 whatever supplants Q dash blah 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 whatever right that captures that idea perfectly or or maybe not perfectly but it captures it captures the idea that it is going to can't like this is terminated it is no longer it is replaced with this and this will effectively take take in action henceforth uh-huh. you know what I mean so you don't have to say all the rest of it you can just say that or like so 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 that's kind of what people have been, you know, telling me to do is, is, uh, keep, keep things very easy, very simple, you know? And I get that because, you know, we, it's, our job is not to confuse anyone else, but here's where my issue came in. So I was trying to understand 
what somebody was asking me to do. Okay. And this was in front of, you know, upper management and whomever. And this guy was basically asking me to give the same, like he said, basically without saying what he literally said, but in the same language, he said, oh, give the same deal to these people. And I said, so I, I shot back an email of, of like kind of the response being, okay, so I, you know, doing the research that I've done, I can see that this agency has this, but these concessions were made, you know, here there was blah, blah, blah. And I'm listing off a whole bunch of stuff like, but it was uh, given a credit of $82,000 or something like that due to a contract rewrite. Are we include, is this going to be inclusive of that? Or is this going to be blah, blah, blah. Like I basically was asking a whole bunch of questions or like giving him everything that he should need to know and then asking something from him. Uh And then they responded with, Let's give them the same deal as blank. So he offered nothing more. Right. So this eventually ended up turning, like it got even deeper and deeper and deeper into this, where everyone was just, all these upper management and like all these other people were like giving their, uh, what was important to them, which was, oh, we need to make sure the discount percentage is the same. And then somebody said, no, we need to make sure the cost per user is the same. And no, we need to blah, 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 blah. And then the other guy kept saying, we need to give them the same deal, you know, whatever. And so I'm writing these emails that are probably two paragraphs long because I'm capturing all the information that they need to see or that they need to understand. But then I'm also asking them questions and I need them to elaborate. But everyone else is sending back quick Mm one-liners. But those are not. And so the guy who calls me Senior Bougie was saying that, you know, uh, well, you're coming off argumentative because because of my, like, the way I'd written, like... Uh, as you can see from whatever per this agreement, blah, 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 as referenced in this contract, whatever. Uh-huh. So the way in which I was wording stuff, he was saying like, oh, well, you're, you're coming off argumentative in front of like senior leadership. And I was like, how though? Because I'm not, that's not me being argumentative. And, and he agreed with me. He was like, knowing you and knowing how you speak, I know that you're not actually being argumentative. But it seems like that because you're like building this whole like, it's, I, I guess I speak very formally. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was just confused because to me, it's like I should be formal in front of senior leadership, I thought. You know what I mean? But I guess what I was supposed to do was like just give like a little bullet list and like short like, hey, this is what I think, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So I was just sort of confused as to what I was supposed to be doing or or why that wasn't getting the right idea across or something, something like that. When in fact, I thought I was doing a better job because I wasn't just saying things in a vacuum you know what i mean i wasn't just like i don't know i I wasn't just like well what about x you know what i mean i was i was giving them all the information that i had well i've been told by this person that this was of critical importance um if you want to do it this way we can however you know whatever like i'm hashing things out as if we were in a room together right you know what i mean but but I've been told that that's maybe not the best way to approach this or that I was even coming off as argumentative. Hmm. And it's like, that's not what I wanted. So then I like even went as far to put like a smiley face on the email after that because I wanted upper leadership to know that I wasn't being argumentative. I was just trying to get down to the facts so that I could do my job as best as possible. Right. And that kind of situation is cropping up again this past week. Uh-huh. And I won't really go into details about this, but basically I was trying to hold deadlines in the key of my mind. So I was probably coming off a little too like, 
you know, hey, can you check this? Hey, can you check this? Like, hey, uh, I need this information, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wasn't trying to be badger badgering anyone, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I did need the information I needed, and we were on a deadline. So I kind of, you know, it's kind of, I guess what I'm wondering is how do you ride the middle line? Or, or what is that for, for communication that, you know, how do you basically demonstrate to people that you respect their thoughts and their opinions and all that kind of stuff or whatever, but also here is my input or here is my, you know, thing. Uh So I don't want to look like I'm being too argumentative or like I'm basically saying my way or the highway or, you know, anything like that. But at the same time, I don't want to completely not like, I I don't want to let these people have their, their leeway in doing whatever they want or feeling like there isn't any strict deadlines when there are for me. Right. I don't know. Do you, do you ever experience anything like that? I, not to this extent, because I haven't really, well, in the email world, the email world is kind of weird because you are either way too casual and familiar or you're strictly formal. Right. And sometimes people want you to be casual or familiar. And when you're formal, because it's a formal matter, they still want you to still be familiar. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of dumb i think emails are kind of dumb yeah because i don't know do you, do you watch uh the unbreakable uh kimmy schmidt no i never got into that show i don't she's the girl from the office right yeah and she yeah, was a mole girl she was in a bunker for 15 years or something like that yeah see i don't uh i don't really care for her so sh- there's an episode where she invited people to her friend titus's one man show where he's playing a. Uh, a Japanese Komodo lady. I forgot what they're called. A geisha? Geisha. Thank you. Because he's a reincarnated geisha. Wait, like in real life he feels that way? Or in, in real life he feels that way. And he like they show his past lives. Okay. All his reincarnated lives. It's pretty funny. Oh, so he's actually in the in the premise of the show, he's actually reincarnated. He's putting on a, a one person show <laughs> with one of his reincarnations, which is a geisha. And it's offending uh Asian American kids around town. And uh, Kimmy, uh, she thought their thread on Reddit or whatever forum that she read their thing on, she thought they were, it was like very positive stuff. Mm-hmm. And she invited them all to a show and told them where it was and all this other crazy stuff. And Titus was like, Kimmy, you read it wrong. Everything you read off the internet, you have to read like Chandler Bing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, could you be any more offensive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not... Uh, it's not you shouldn't read things like people are talking in a nice way, but more in like a right sarcastic well, that's also my problem until I get to know somebody that's my problem sort of with texting as well, right. I never know how to interpret what the fuck they're saying, you know unless the and that's why I think my vocabulary helps because it i i I thought at least that the more I could have to say about something, like the more expansive or, you know, whatever, the more clear an idea they have about what I'm representing. Right. So I think the thing you're talking about is the explanatory comma. Oh my God. You know me so well. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's a fine line to walk. Oh my, it's crazy how immediately you, like, I didn't, I, cause I didn't mention anything about a comma. Uh-huh. And I didn't mention anything, but yeah, you're hitting on exactly what, yeah, yeah, okay. If you put too much explanation into it, you come off as talking down to people because you know more than them and you're rubbing it in their face. Yeah. 
So you kind of need to put in just enough to get your point across, but not too much to where you're over explaining where, where I'm kind of like being like, well, I need to walk your hand through this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's, that's actually only I'm taking this under great advisement. A, because I think you pick your, like, I think you're a lot more deciduous about, well, I think deciduous is a rainforest. Is that a, another biology? <laughs> I, I think you're more like you, you, pick what you're saying more carefully than I do, you mm-hmm. know, where I, I just like will go on for a paragraph. Right. But also because you have, yeah, that's a, a shedding of its leaves <coughs> annually. Bless you. It's a tree thing. Yeah. I deciduous. I see, but that, but that's the thing. <laughs> I also knew immediately that I was using it incorrectly. Anyways. Um, I, what I meant to say is like, you're like more selective mm-hmm. about, you know, what you're, um, and that's kind of the thing is I felt that it was clear because I didn't know what the other people, like what my sales rep, for instance, was looking at. I, I wasn't sure if he knew all the information that I knew. So I was like, hey, just to let you know, this percentage is based on this, this, and this. Like, So I, I explained it all. And I was like, if you want, I can still hit the same percentage, but obviously it won't include this because that was specific to that. Or I can just, I can just keep the percentage lower because we're not including that thing from that other contract. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was kind of trying to get an answer out of him, like trying to pick which one you want. Like I thought I was laying out the options there. And he didn't, uh, it, that he just didn't respond to that. And, and that's kind of something I'm finding consistently a problem is that I want to give all the information and then, and then get people to make decisions or tell me yes or tell me no or tell me, you know, whatever. But but that's kind of just not happening because I think that they're not either reading the whole thing or, like, maybe I'm coming off as condescending. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening. That You think that's what's happening? Yeah. So how would you suggest that I, like, I – do you think bullet point lists might be a good way to, like, lay out all the information but not look preachy? Um, I don't think a bullet point list is – a well – it sounds like this is a very uh, a conversation that relies on the results. Yeah. And you don't want to give the wrong results. Right. But you're also not given a clear path to the proper result. Right. Well, and it's also like I work at basically a tech startup. So mm-hmm. like a lot of people wear T-shirt and jeans to work. You know what I mean? So it's on the one hand sending off email like, hey, man, um, I kind of needed – this by today, or or I was wondering what you were thinking about this. Let me know whenever you get a chance. Atish Mazumdar, right? You know what I mean, but at the same time, when there's when there's like senior leadership involved, it's like I don't want to look too casual in front of them. So then I say like, "Hi all, per my last email, blah blah blah." I was doing my due diligence into this, uh, you know what I mean? Like like that's kind of so. It's like I don't want to look too casual or as if I'm too informal in front of senior leadership but i also want to get i maybe i should just be more precise and get right to the facts or what what because it sounds like you were trying to have some upper upper uppity up uh (laughs) walk you through a process that is i don't know six levels below them uh i wouldn't say six but yeah it's it's yeah Something like that, we can so, say. So, uh, 
it's I had the, I had this conversation with uh I guess you call him a developer. Uh-huh. Wait, like a software developer? Yeah, they want me to make a Kickstarter, not software. It's like I guess software, now that I think about it. It was a very confusing conversation. It was an hour and a half and it was very boring and dry about robotic stuff. And I it's very bored and dry, and I totally forgot the point I was going to make. Uh, they were trying to get you to make a Kickstarter for something? Yeah, a Kickstarter video to sell. Well, I thought they were selling a product, and they built a cart, and the cart was robotic in some way. And they didn't want to really push the cart being sold. They wanted to push the software and the motherboard and all the components to other developers to apply to their... So you can make your own cart. Right. Or <laughs> apply it to your car or your shopping cart. Oh, so it's kind of like um, like Arduino or, or those like Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi. That was an example that he brought up. Okay. Raspberry Pi. Okay. And what were you talking about before? Up that I'm, I'm coming off to... Oh, oh, oh. so this was the um, the thing I was trying to get out of the guy was the entire time he explained to me the whole process, like mm-hmm. the how. It's like, so when this is attached to this component and then this reads it by this and then this does this and this and this and then at the end, this is what happens. And I, we spent an hour and a half talking about all the crazy stuff and yeah. I, all the stuff I didn't care about because right. I'm not a developer. I'm not a robot guy. And you're not trying to own this product yourself. You're just trying to, you know, okay, what do you want from me? I just, I just care about the results. Right. So... Cut out that hogwash. Uh, this is something I learned working with the life coaches. A lot of life coaches like to over-explain the services they provide. And nobody cares about that. People only care about the results you're going to provide for them. They're like, uh, hey, I'm going to make you an extra $10,000 next week. And like, okay, great. Like, nobody really cares how. It's just that that's the result that we're going to work on to get there. If I say, hey, we're going to build up your email list by 15%. And we're going to send four more emails out every other day. Yeah. And we're going to uh, compose uh, uh, a, a roundabout selling triangle pattern. I don't know. Yeah, sure. A, a round and selling triangle pattern. Exactly. That's how life coaches work. We're going to make you an extra $10,000. It's like, does anybody really care about the email growing list and stuff? It's like nobody really knows the hows. Right. You just, people just want the results. Well, at that point, actually, just now when I was waiting for you in my car, uh, there was this Facebook video where this guy is like, how do I read 365 books in a year? Well, and then he like goes into this whole thing about like why it's important to read and like how, you know, whatever. And then he, in, he never actually gets to the part where he tells you how he does it. Right. He just like, kind of like says why it's important and here's the effects you can get from reading and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But it's like, okay, but how, how do you do it? Because like, you know, I'm just like you. I also don't have a lot of time. You might be thinking you might not have a lot of time in your schedule, whatever. It's like, yeah, but just tell us how you did it then so we can do it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, right. I feel like nobody gives their answers out anymore. Right. And this is part of the whole communication conversation okay. that we're having. Yeah. There are people that just want to get to the point. Uh-huh. They just tell me what the heck you want. Yeah. And then there's some people that want to walk that flowery path. Okay. And just take a stroll. Yeah. And be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about my feelings. And like, oh, you're cool. I'm cool. Let's be cool for a minute. Yeah. And then I'll tell you what I want. Uh-huh. It's it's the game, man. 
Okay. It's the game. It's all playing the game. So, so if I'm understanding you correctly, maybe I should take the framework of what I write because, because ultimately they don't actually care about like, even in this, they don't really care about how I'm constructing the deal that I'm doing or what I'm doing. What they care about is do the percentages match? Does this whatever like yes, no binary. If you had drafted the deal and said, Hey everybody, this is make everybody happy. Would that have made it easier? No, because that's exactly also what I'm running into now this week, where I am trying to, hey, everybody, like, look at these things. And then, you know, 36 to 48 hours later, I get a response. Right. So is there a way to construct your email questioning scheme to subtract uh, your footnotes from your previous email chains? I think so. So it's is this a group email that everyone's involved yes, in? Yes. Is, is everyone it, always involved in every group email for No, no. But but there is oftentimes it's it's the same people because basically I deal with sales reps individually, mm-hmm. but then the, I deal with the whole the West Coast is my territory. Right. So I deal with all the West Coast sales reps and then they have one key manager and then there's the finance guy who's always, so it's the one key manager whichever sales rep is in question the finance guy and then my boss mm-hmm. and we're all always the, those people are always looped in on, on okay the, the sales the individual sales rep changes and the deal changes like whatever we're talking about but the the players within it generally stay the same okay so it's not a one off hey person number 4 can you answer this question no generally not mm. Interesting. So I don't know. I'm. I'm. I guess what what I'll take away, and I think what I'll try for this upcoming week and maybe two weeks or whatever, is I'll cut out all the background information out because maybe that's not so critical. Because I know how to do my job. They don't necessarily have to know how to do my job or how I do what I do. If if I'm understanding what you're saying, right? Or they don't need to. Yeah, they don't care about the process. They just care about the results. Right. Okay. Yeah, because they're not going to try to engineer their way into whatever. I'm basically just fulfilling something. So Right. You're punching in the numbers in the calculator. Right. They just want to hear what it is when you hit enter. I see. So so cut out so kind of I should take take a second after drafting each of these things and then uh take a step back, eliminate the stuff that maybe is not critical for their you know, and just cut it down to the core competencies or you know? Yeah. Is that is that basically what you're saying? Right. I'm I'm saying don't don't try to explain to someone things that they don't really need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see that's what's so weird. So we also did this like strength builder thing. Did I tell you about this? No. Okay. So we did this whole strength builder thing where we took this like assessment and it was a bunch of questions. It's like I uh strongly agree or strongly disagree and then like light lightly agree lightly disagree uh and then in the middle was neutral right and so you do like 100 questions or something like that and then it tells you basically what your top five strengths are and and how you manifest those and blah 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 now there was another day uh, so that was the online assessment then there was supposed to be a course where like you take it with the people on your team and you figure out what each other's things are and how to communicate better with each other Uh well I did the tequila competition that day. So I wasn't there for the actual, like, learning everyone's strengths and all that kind of stuff. Was that the phone call you're supposed to take? 
No, 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 no. The phone call I was supposed to take was the, a different thing. Okay. Um, different stuff. Mm. Um, there's a lot of phone calls I have to take all the time that are like of not actually Im- like not actually important, but just like people f- in the business world for some reason feel better when everyone's on the phone and like exactly yeah. You, like you know how many conference calls I do a week? Forty-seven. Probably somewhere close. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people always just feel better when everyone's on the phone, even though I have nothing to do with, you know, whatever's on the phone. Uh huh. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but, but yeah. So I, I, I think that's interesting because my top two strengths, if I remember, were individualization was my number one. And that was like basically the idea that I understand each person's theory of mind, how each person is, you know, distinct and right, separate. Right. And that I can understand what their strengths and weaknesses are very easily and like how to, you know, whatever. And somewhere in there, I forget if it was my second one or if it was any other one, but there was like something about a communicator in there. So, but I think it's when I'm communicating to the large group of people that that's when it gets screwed up. Because I know how to talk to the sales reps individually, and I know how to talk to my boss individually, and I know how to talk to, you know, these uh, the the grand individually. Know. Yeah, yeah. But then when it gets looped up into one conversation, it's like, well, now it's mixed messages between different people. Because for one person, I want to have like this like presentation of here's because they're not even looking at it in the individual like deal by deal level. They're looking at it as like you know, uh, what has like, what kind of recurring revenue can we see for this amount of time or right, whatever. Right. So I'm trying to just explain like what part I've been playing in all of this. But of course that doesn't mean anything to the sales rep because they're talking about this item specifically, specifically, specifically. Right. So it is, it is tough talking to a larger group and it makes sense that you're good at one-on-one stuff. I mean, after all those years of working in the service industry, Ugh. That's what you did. You know, you walked yeah. up to a table. Yeah. They had a specific question about something on the menu. You knew everything about the menu. Right. And it was you, ideally having that conversation with the entire restaurant. Yeah. Would be insane. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. You know, you can explain everything in detail on the menu to the entire restaurant, but who really is going to listen to that? Right. Nobody. And so it's not effective to do it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to get to a, a point where you can, narrow down your questions to individual people. So it's yeah. not, go, go back to the individual one-on-one talk, uh-huh. not a big group chat. So, so kind of don't, don't kind of just be putting out all this extraneous information to all of these different parties, but kind of be more focused and like, yeah, yeah. Channel things a little bit more appropriately. Right. But huh. still be personable. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if smiley faces are good. No, they're not. I just did that to try and catch. Cause then I was like worried <laughs> that I was coming off as too argumentative or too aggressive in front of senior leadership. So I threw something in there to make them think that I said like, uh, please let me know what I can do. And I'd be more than happy to help. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Cause I wanted to be like counteract that. Right. I find myself using smiley faces when I email with women. Really? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I know in person I can be very like blunt and harsh and people assume I hate them right away. I don't think you're blunt. I, I think I think there's a confusion of vocabulary there because I think people are telling you you're blunt or you're harsh or whatever. But I think what they actually mean is you're very stoic. Right. Okay. Stoic's way different than blunt and harsh. 
Yeah, but but that's the key component because it's like you're not like harsh makes people think like what you are is like very cruel or something like that. And that's not what's happening. I think what's happening is that and of course this is maybe just me seeing it from my perspective and appropriating it all over the place, but I think what's happening is that you are very like non-reactive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're just like, "Oh, yeah, totally cool." Or no, I I don't want to do that or I'm not going to do that, you know, whatever. You're very like leveled. You know what I mean? Just very, very even and very leveled. And a lot of other people, especially people who are like a little bit more animated and, you know, whatever, just don't understand what that's like. So they take that as disinterest. Right. But that's not the case. Yeah. So I don't know. I've been also told I'm very, I guess, harsh on my emails. Oh, really? So, Well, we've never had an email conversation, so I wouldn't know. No, we haven't. We should try that out or not. <laughs> You're going to get a big, long, like, three-paragraph response. Yeah, no, I don't want to read your emails. I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. So um, so I use smiley faces when I – if I know the – usually with female clients that I've known for a while. Yeah. I like to be light and cheery, be smiley faces. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Smiley face. Yeah, yeah. When in reality you – But just... that's – but. That's playing the game, right? Right. That's playing the game. Tailoring your response for your audience. Exactly. Huh. Which I'm not a big fan of, but sometimes you got to do it. Yeah, you got to make it happen. Well, I'm going to leave smiley faces out of all my professional communication from here on out. That's for sure. Unless you see someone else. I don't know. No, don't do it. Don't do smiley faces. I feel like in your work space, smiley faces would be bad. Yeah. But there is a way to come off as more personable than uh book of reference notes. Yeah. And like all kinds of different uh, big words. And I, I think one of the things was like, um, what did I say? It was like, as you can see referenced in the attached PDF or something like that. Oh my goodness. You made a PDF. Yeah. No, no, no. The PDF was the, was part of it. PDF, the PDF was part had of it. some of the had some of the data that had to be referenced. I mean, how else is this expected to be done? Oh my god! You sent people reading materials to read your email. I'm just very thorough. <laughs> is that wrong? <laughs> yes. I'm just trying to make sure everyone has all the information they could possibly need, and and that way I, you know, there's no uh, like in the audit trail, people will know that I gave everything that I had and. That I'm not the I'm not the cause of the breakdown and the missing link. Oh, there you go, there you go. So um, I guess that's kind of argumentative in nature, but they don't know that. They feel it. Really? They feel it. They feel an argument coming on. This is uh, the defense attorney building up his case for some some big Perry Mason moment. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> well, no. I, well, I, that's another thing in communicating. In communications where you feel the need to fill in space or have a response or are you, are you saying me specifically or people in general people in general okay the need to have a thought or a, a, a statement on a topic being talked about in a conversation yeah but most of the time you just need to be listening and you don't have to say something you don't have to respond. You can respond with a I hear what you're saying type of thing. <laughs> I understand. Right. So I guess if you're a person trying to 
uh, deliver information. What is that thing on uh, BoJack Horseman that Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter do? Oh, like that that counselor, like the like counselor. A, I acknowledge you expressing right whatever. Yeah. I acknowledge you acknowledging me expressing yeah, yeah my yeah. feelings. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a very reflective. Yeah, yeah. So you can relay to me some sort of information, and I can reflect that back to you just to let you know that I was listening, mm -hmm. and I'm saying it slightly different than the way that you're saying it, but I understand what you're saying. Right. And that's half of communication is listening. It's just being an active listener. Right. Yeah. And people don't listen sometimes, and instead they just come up with a statement as soon as you present your topic. They come up with a response or a statement to that initial topic. Don't listen to you blabble. Oh, babble. the nuances of whatever you're saying. Right. Yeah. And then they say their thing that they thought about 20 minutes ago because you're pretty long-winded. Me specifically now? You specifically now. <laughs> yeah. So just be an active listener. Yeah, I, I think you, you. that's also something that's true is that I get a lot of responses to like the first line or something like that, but not really the rest. Right. So I need short. Cut it down. Well, not that you need to be short. Just, just know that presenting your initial question or fact or nugget of information early on is probably the only thing that's really going to get read. Okay. Do you ever really read a full email or do you skim through it? Um, uh, I have been, I read full emails, but that's because I'm still so new and paranoid. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like that probably at like six months time, I'll probably be over that. So yesterday I met with my buddy Jaime. Yeah. Who I work on these movie sets with. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey Jaime, we're going to do a podcast on communication. And he's like, Oh bother. And so uh, I was like, what, what do I need to work on for my communication? And I feel like this might be relevant for what's happening right now. Okay. So on the set of the last short that we shot, there was uh, on the third day, the last day, everybody uh, made, was making fun of me because they assumed I only spoke in questions. <laughs> so I'd be like, hey, can we get a two shot? Or hey, can we do this? Yeah, yeah. Hey, can we do that? How often did you say, uh, how are you feeling? You feeling good? Uh, not, I knew everybody was fine. Nobody, oh, okay. nobody so seemed like they were on You were kind or, of over that. Yeah. I mean, we're all in a good spot. Um, but on set, it's like a collaborative thing. So I like to include everybody. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. like a dictator telling everybody. It, it takes it's a this village. way or no way. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's toxic for an environment. But Production. Yeah. I think so. I mean, everyone's artsy fartsy because they're all creatives you yeah. know and it's I mean, you give everybody boundaries they freak out yeah you're trying to provide structure but not in sort of a dictator sort of way right you're trying to just provide structure to these artsy people who would you know maybe run away with it if they uh left to their own devices right but then on the other side of that the flip side of that coin because mm -hmm. i'm very uh stoic as you just pointed out yeah and people don't know how to deal with that yeah yeah so it comes off as me still being uh, as me being indecisive and not knowing what I want, mm. but me trying to say, Hey, can you, can we get a two shot? It's a, what do you want? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was like a, a weird thing. Quick question. What's a two shot? Two people in the one shot. Oh, that's... two people in frame. So, okay. I get it. And so we 
kind of came up with this process of communicating better. Oh. So we're going to use it right now. And I'm not going to say the exact Wait, you same. Wait, you and Jaime did? Jaime and I, yeah. Okay. We came, or we talked it through a little bit. And his wife was there who's a psychologist. Yeah, she has a PYD or getting her PsyD. Psychometrist? Psychometrist? Is that what that is? No, I think psychometry is with psychics? No. I mean, it is more that psychometry is more like data entry and like response, call and response sort of things. Yeah, but she's now, she just got her master's and she's going for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. So she has a psychology. She's like uh, not quite a psychology PhD, but she has an advanced psychology degree. Yes. And she's getting her PsyD, which is the psychology equivalent to a PhD. Oh, a PhD? Yeah. 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 Oh, or that might be used more in like clinical settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, so. okay, okay, yeah. I think so. I, I get it. So we all were kind of just talking it out. And so the first thing that came up was uh, no one is having the same experience as you are in that moment. Right. That's, that's theory of mind. Yes. So no one, like you are, I walk into a room, I can be like, oh, look at all this. This, I know my compositions that I want. I like the way this angle looks from here and here and here. Yeah. No one else is having that experience. Okay. Except for me. Right. So that is something I need to realize. So when I communicate an idea, yes, I like this angle, but no one else sees this angle. No one else has seen this angle except for me. So I need to explain that to these people. So perception is individual. Yes. And therefore to effectively communicate whatever you need to get or you need to try and communicate the perception as well. Right. Okay. So... You are the only one having the exact experience you're having as soon as you walk into a room. Right. No one else knows what the heck is going on in your head. Yeah. So this is like writing your grad papers. Hmm. What happens in that first paragraph? What do you mean? You introduce your topic. Oh. You say, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. And this is what I want to talk about. And here's where we're getting to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go, and then the following paragraphs answer each of those questions. Right. So... Imagine starting every conversation with that intro paragraph. It's even in with like uh, newspapers. Yeah. When I took journalism in high school, my gym teacher, track coach, also taught journalism. Oh, my God. But if you uh, read... Um, you, you went to public school, didn't you? No, I went to Catholic school. Really? Yeah. Oh, I went to public school. The um, If you read a newspaper, uh, if people still read newspapers, but back <laughs> in my day, we had newspapers. Uh-huh. Uh, that first paragraph of every article answers who, what, when, where, why, how. So you don't have to read the whole article. Mm. You get the whole gist of what's being said in that first paragraph. It doesn't even make sense grammatically or grammatically. Uh-huh. Grammatically. Grammatically. Yeah. I was trying to be a tish. Yeah. And use a big word. No, but it answers all those questions. So you totally under, you know all the information that you need to know. But if you wanted to know more, you can just go deeper into the paragraph. So, so you're building like a... Uh... Like a, an abstract or like a, a real quick sort of synopsis of, of the whatever right. this is. And you can d- deep dive into it if you choose to, or you kind of just get the main idea, move on. Right. You get everybody on the same page right away uh-huh. by expressing your topic you want to talk about yeah. immediately. The other bullet points of that conversation you want yeah, to cover yeah. in this conversation we're about to have. Okay. So... So I guess if you have an idea of where you're at and where you want to go and like everything you want to cover before you start talking or or emailing or whatever, then you can give just the 
key information without fully getting into it. Right. And that is another part of it. Okay. Have a goal in mind before you open your mouth. Mm. So you have an end goal. Yeah. And if you have it all figured out in your head where you want to land, you're not going to just like ramble. And then when someone repeats something back to you, you'd be like, what did you say? Yeah. You know, like you need to have the purpose and the goal of your conversation kind of figured out before you open your mouth or start that conversation. Right. So, so kind of, uh, I guess, uh, like be slower to speak, be, be eager to listen, but slower to speak and, and sort of have a, a framework already in place or like in mind of what you're trying to say and where you're trying to go with it. Right. Well, you have that decision in your head of where the, if you're, if you're presenting information to relay like a process, if you're going to be like, Hey, this, we're going to make iced tea today, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be iced tea somewhere that someone's going to drink. <laughs> but yeah. if I show up at someone's house and we just start boiling water and I'm like, Oh, we're going to seep some things and we're going to boil things. And it's going to be sweetened with maybe Splenda. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and then everybody would be like, hey, this, uh, the coffee pot's done. The coffee's made. And you're like, no, I wanted to seep tea bags to make yeah, iced tea. Yeah, yeah, It's like, oh. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. So, so like have everything be mindful of the, the larger task. Right. You can't, because if you, if you get too narrow focused on stuff, then you're going to be missing, what is that called? The forest through the trees or the trees through the forest? Um, sure. Into the woods. <laughs> No, um, like you can lose sight of what the the larger picture was. And that was actually what was effectually happening was everyone right. was telling me all these different instructions because the, the big picture idea was still the same. How we got there, everyone had a different opinion. Exactly. So I, I got all these different little instructions. Oh, no, 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 change the cost. You have to make sure the cost per user is this. Oh, no, 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 no. We need to make sure this percentage is this and more. Oh, no, no, no. We need to make sure, you know, whatever. It was all different instructions, uh-huh. but but the larger task was the same. remained the same. Right. So realistically, if we all understood the larger task that we were trying to do, maybe it would have delineated the further steps a little bit easier. Right. Interesting. That goal is always going to be the same, whether it's to relay information yourself or listening to someone's explain how they want to get to their goals. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a back and forth type thing. Another thing. In this world of communicating, uh-huh. if you say something and the other person doesn't get it, don't repeat it over and over again mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. There's something not going on there that's not clicking with the other person. Mm. See, that's something I'm learning actually from um, raising this puppy mm-hmm. because people have the instinct to be like, sit, sit sit, you know, whatever. But that actually trains your dog to not listen to that command because by you repeating it, he just kind of hears it as like a background noise. He doesn't get the same like immediacy or urgency off of that first command. You have to teach him in German. (laughs) Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe be a little bit more abrasive or a little more, you know, whatever. But yeah, that was something that was, that was kind of made clear by that is like, you don't want to repeat yourself. You only want to reward him when he does it on the first time. Right. And you whatever, don't sit there and keep like holding out the treat and repeating what you're saying because that will muddle the message. Because he's a German shepherd? Yeah. Plutz. 
Wait, you actually know some German? I do. <laughs> Platz. And then stay is bleib. Bleib. Platz is sit. Platz. And bleib. Bleib. Do you, do you only know words that... Uh... Yeah, I only communicate with German shepherds. <laughs> so I only know commands in German. Yeah, sure, sure. But but I can see what you're saying there, too. I can't say the same, and that was kind of what was frustrating me about this guy's communication. I was asking for specificity mm-hmm. on what the... Because he said, oh, we need to match this deal from here. And I was like, okay, um, here's the dilemma in that, blah, blah, blah. I can do it this way. I can do it this way. And he just said the same thing. Right. I was like, well, what the fuck? You know, it, it, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, mm-hmm. the, okay, then I guess I'll just... We'll play some jazz. We'll just make it happen, right? Like, right. So, so don't try and just, like, keep sending off the same thing. You have to... Obviously, obviously, that first time there was a miscommunication for some reason, you have to change your tact, your verbiage, so the other person understands uh-huh. where you're trying to come from. Okay, because that's part of, you know, you're trying to relay this information and you're listening to see if they're understanding. Yeah. If they're not, you can't just relay the same thing over and over again. Right. If anything, that would that would just like start to kind of break down those lines of communication even further right because i'm never gonna understand what this guy says ever yeah so why am i even gonna try i'm just gonna do it my way right yeah yeah okay hmm yeah so you guys were kind of like really breaking down these sort of like rules or like i I guess those are those are like tips or something like that they're tips they're um well i guess uh, they've had this conversation before because she learns how to give therapies Uh uh-huh and uh they were just talking about how to write grad school papers for one day and they had this conversation already and it's like oh this kind of all makes sense yeah i mean with this whole uh don't repeat yourself thing i had this i met with my editor that's going to edit the short film uh-huh and there was a issue on the timeline and i tried explaining it and she didn't get it yeah and i explained it the same exact way three times yeah and until i actually physically showed her in the computer that's when she understood what i was right. trying to say out loud well, well, that's actually something that I've I've learned about myself is that I like to have like a really fully flushed out sort of thing. I write long paragraphs and then I accompany them with charts or PDFs or like whatever. Like that's kind of my thing. But perhaps that's not the mode or the medium, I guess you would say. I don't know. That's not the, the preferred method for a lot of different people. So kind of getting it maybe condensed or easier to like just move through or something or like smaller chunks perhaps like like being considerate of other people's modality of learning or communication or uh processing you know whatever but i guess being more considerate to that right so what ended up happening with uh shooting where everyone thought you were you know always asking a question we had uh i don't know i guess it was like a big fight but it wasn't a big fight at all and, and when you say we had, do you mean like the whole, like the cast or the, uh, the just crew? Like, I think it was just me and the director of photography. Mm. There was one shot where it was like, we have to get it. And he was like, it's not going to look the same. And he was fighting it. He wanted to rewrite. He wanted to re, uh, write a new scene to happen in a different area where the lighting would match the rest of the movie. Oh, I see. And we had time for it, but we didn't have time for it. And so it just was like, no, we're just going to do it this way. It's going to look weird. It's one shot. It's fine. And it kind of like, it was like a, like a bummer moment. 
but I see because because your um, priorities were misaligned, like because he was very focused on this singular shot. Or, he was or, focused like, on the big picture, uh-huh. which was the entire film looks consistent throughout the entire picture. Sure. Okay. I was concerned about proper coverage and what I wanted in the scene, like the shots I saw in my head for the scene. Cause you didn't want any missing elements or any, any right. You no. Know, okay. And in my head, it had to be this way. Right. And in his head, it's not going to match the rest of the movie. We can't do it this way, uh-huh. which is good. He's doing his job. Well, yeah. You need someone to watch continuity and all that sort of thing. Well, not this continuity, but he was, he was watching uh, just the uh, visual con- the visual continuity of the storytelling. Sure. He was making sure that you know this coverage was proper, that we didn't break any rules. There's dumb cinema- cinematography rules, like 180, yada, yada. It's dumb. What? Okay. <laughs> and it's like he was, <laughs> it was, it was nice that he actually cared about that. Enough yeah, to yeah, like, totally. Hey, can we not do this? Yeah. And to actually say that, I think is... Admirable. Yeah. Admirable. 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 Yeah. So as much as I appreciated that at, at, in the moment, it was like, no, it's got to be this. We can't, yeah. Yeah. We can't do that. Yeah. So so even in something where you both obviously have like some skin in the game and you both care, you right. know, obviously and evidently being able to communicate what's most important to you or what why this kind of trumps something else, mm-hmm. you know, is, is very delicate. Yeah. So it was, it kind of put a bummer on the rest of the day, but we ended the day. Well, um, we had to shoot at that gym and he wanted to shoot it one way and it looked really cool. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of want to shoot it my way too. So we were able to do both ways, which was nice. And, and that was what you were discussing was the, the switch between those two different things. No, what or... we were discussing. Okay. So there's a, a, a dead body scene, a murder scene uh-huh. and the crime scene. People were out there doing their thing. And one of the actors was not available until like 1150. And we're shooting in that alleyway at, uh, where we had the tequila contest at the rail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason I thought this alleyway is always in the shadow because it's between two tall buildings. Right. There's never any harsh sunlight in here. Yeah. So we start shooting in the morning at eight in the morning. And the guy can't get there till eleven fifteen or ten forty five or something uh, like that. Yeah. So we shoot the entire scene. Everything's done. We're waiting for the guy to show up, and it's it was in shadow the whole morning, and then not in shadow when the guy shows up. It's harsh sunlight. Shit. Yeah. So it looks completely different. And I'm like, we gotta shoot it, man. We gotta shoot it. Yeah, yeah. Shit. But we shot it. Um, we also shot in a crazy format that he wanted to shoot in, uh, like a raw format. So I think it's going to look fine. Uh-huh. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. With color correcting and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. All the but edits and stuff like we'll, that. that we'll, comes in after. we'll get it. We'll get it. Well, so it sounds like you were both able to make sort of concessions, especially you know later when you're shooting the gym scene. Yeah. Where he, he was able to get something that he thought you know whatever and then you also still got the footage you got. Right. And he's still on board to shoot the next one. So Awesome. So so everything ended amicably. Then. I guess so. I don't know. I'm sure we'll, he had to go out of town immediately after the shoot. Uh huh. He he's in London right now or Ireland. He's oh. in Ireland. He posted that on Instagram. Oh. Uh, he was out of town. He's been he's gonna be out of town for two weeks. So hopefully when he gets back, we can sit down and you know talk about our feelings. Yeah, yeah. Pat about, each other on the backs. Yeah. All that fun stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's also probably probably an important part of like the the communicating efforts and stuff is also like being able to recoup, mm-hmm. even if you don't see eye to eye or something like that. Even if you are communicating effectively, but you still have a difference of opinion, right? Being able to still, you know, take a step back and and be able to recoup those efforts and and you know, because the greater purpose here is to get you know the other one shot, and you can still like as long as your collaborative efforts still end up looking good. Then you know you'll just have differences of opinion, which you'll have to communicate with one another. But that that rounds out to really good movies. I mean, yeah, it's probably an effort that's worth having. But things that I learned from the shoot were I need to uh, again realize that I'm the only one having the experience that I'm having right now. No right. one else is having. Yeah, yeah, it's it's your own kind of a uh, lens, right? Yeah. Also, I should probably have more tools to convey my thoughts, like shot list or storyboards. If I'm stuck on something visually, I should just jot it down real quick or sketch something super quick just so it's a visual representation of what's going on in my head. Yeah, yeah. But also with this shoot, we kind of, um, three weeks before we shot, it was like, hey, let's shoot on these three days. And then everything kind of just fell into place and happened mm-hmm. super fast. So it ended up working a little bit easier. It, well, everything was falling into place and we didn't have the time to do the pre-visualizations conversations. Oh, I see what you're so saying. So be like, hey, let's go look at, we were able to go to all the locations beforehand, but we did it in 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at each location for five minutes. It, it's hard to really fully capture all the intricacies of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So hopefully with the next one, we can spend a little bit more time and get on the same page beforehand. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, that's basically all I have to say about communication. Yeah. I think my takeaway is that I need to, um, read my respective audiences because sometimes then the way that I'm trying to present stuff isn't stuff that all of them need or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, be able to be a little bit more concise. Right. Straight to the point, you know, because that seems to be the, what people are trying to do here. And then, um, only give other extraneous information for interpretation when it's required. And then make sure I'm really following through on the interpretation of it. Make sure they're not getting anything wrong in what I'm saying or anything like that. But, but I think the the first two points are the critical ones for me at this juncture. Mm -hmm. Concise and read my audience. Concise, read your audience, and be sure to clearly define the main topics you want to get to. Yes, an in, in introduction. As soon as possible. The introductory uh, paragraph. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We should end with a funnier quip. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.